On this episode of Pennies Going In Raw, we have the master furu, Mr. Zach Morris, in an exclusive interview. We also have This Week in the Market and our swings along with something very important, the SPAC attack. Hey, yo, check one, two. This is Flavor Flav in the building for the Atlas crew. Atlas trading, what the fuck is up? They're traders, they're prodigies. And then there's legends. Rob, 4%, baby. No way. 4% fucking percent. Buy the fucking dip. Hey, who told me about Ibex? Like, dude, what the fuck? Like, someone just made, like, a lot more money than me on my trade. You find out, life's this game of pennies. Did you check the portfolio? Pennies. 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 The margin for error is so small. I bet Warren Buffett never did that. And they out there making money right now off of penny stocks. The two guys is putting their work to make y'all rich. The pennies we need are everywhere around us. Time to think big. Pennies going in raw. Featuring Dan, Deity at Dips, and Hugh Honey. Produced by Vinny Strokes, baby. Welcome to another episode of Pennies Going In Raw. Today is Sunday, December the 27th, and it was a Merry Christmas and a short week last week. Spy did have a pretty big dip on the first day, but definitely recovered. What did you think about it this week, Hugh? Yeah, this week was the typical Christmas week. We saw, you know, I mean, I was watching Spy pretty closely. We saw about 60% of the volume that we normally see. If you guys remember, uh, I think it was 2018, Christmas Eve, the market saw like a 6% drop right before close. Um, and that was because a headline came out. And the reason that it dipped so much was not because the headline was so bad. It was simply because there was just no bids because nobody was trading. Um, so that's typically what we saw this week. Um if you look at seasonality reports, usually the if there is a dip um, during this week, which is what we saw technically, then that usually is um, a buy the dip into the end of the year. Obviously, this year is a little bit um, you know a little bit strange because the market's just been on a parabolic move since March. But um, usually, you can see about a two percent move up inside the last week of the trading year, which is also called the Santa Rally. And the Santa Rally, so you are definitely expecting us to get a little more pop right before the end of the year. And one thing that we've seen getting some pretty big pops recently are some of these specs. AMCI and IPOC both expected to go into or finish their merger before the end of Q1. IPOC even as soon as the beginning of January. Uh, IPOC went up around 40, 45% this week and AMCI went up a good 30%, I think as well. What, what do you kind of have on this? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously IPOC, you know, I think we can, can we credit ourselves for the IPOC move? Because it's been, yeah, I mean, uh, I did hold up a sign on, uh, the, the hit show Benzinga power hour this week. And ever since it has just skyrocketed. So I, you know, if someone is going to take credit for that move, I, I think it should be us. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. I, I, we're going to put that. We might have to put that inside the new podcast description. Yeah, we'll put that um, in the credentials. Yeah, yeah another one. <laughs> yeah, so IPOC, you know, they have their vote coming up the first week of January. Um, that's going to be really exciting because the market cap is sitting, at, you know, pretty undervalued. I think they're valuing the merger at around $30 billion. So I think like a move to 22 to 25 should happen. Um, you know, especially by that merger date, if not, you know, kind of what we saw in like the KCAC merger, um, which I, it turned into that Q, um, the QS, which is now trading at like 120, you know, where like the merger, you, you know, where the merger was valued at, you know, let's call it like 50 billion and the market cap was sitting at like 30 billion. And then when it gets to a certain point to where there's so much volume and there's in, you know, it's just going parabolic to where the market cap doesn't even matter anymore. It goes from being undervalued to being overvalued. And I think that's the kind of move that we could really see with IPOC. It's undervalued right now but i think that if it gets enough volume and it gets you know enough eyes on it by you know when the merger is approved if it's still sitting at undervalued you know we could definitely see a huge parabolic move yeah so when when you're seeing a lot of these spacs run uh i i know it was kind of a joke that they made on the benzinga interview but he kind of just mentioned would i uh have luck just putting my whole account into just spread them all into like seemed like bottomed out spacs and uh at the time, it kind of seemed funny, but then I thought about it a little, and I was thinking maybe that's not a bad idea. No, I mean we talked about it on Benzinga, but it really does seem like simple right now. That you know, I mean they all open at like what around ten dollars. Most of them are valued seventy uh, percent higher than what the stock is trading at at that ten dollar mark. So theoretically, it's it, it sounds so simple, but what we touched on Benzinga was that yeah, right now it's working great, and it might work great for the next eight months. But there's always going to be that time where the momentum shifts. And if you're caught holding that bag and you just keep buying the dip and buying the dip, you know, we're going to see what happened in 2008 and the dot com bubble. Everyone thinks that the dip is going to be the low and then they keep buying, keep buying, keep buying until they sell. And then that's the low. Um, and so that's why, that's why, you know, I still have a good chunk of all SPACs and, and it's funny because, you know, you and I and Zach and PJ, and we talked about him, we're like, it seems so simple just to throw your entire account in, you know, an IPOC and theoretically that would be amazing. And right now that's what's working. And how many followers are we seeing that are just tripling their accounts every week? Yeah, I mean, it's so many and, and it's like a good feeling, but at the same time, it's it's definitely worrisome to feel like maybe, uh, man, it, I, I, it feels like almost March again with how easy some of these gains are coming. Yeah. I mean, they're not as fast with halts up on, on low float penny stocks, but I mean, it's just every day with some of these. And then you even see things you already know, like Fubo just going from nine to 60 over the course of like what a two months just everyday green yeah and that and th- i think that this is really going to be like our warning is that you know that this market this could be the new normal for the next year or two um but i really think that when interest rates rise um i mean i really think that we're going to see a pretty big pullback probably in the 35 depending where spy lands you know we could see a 35 to 40 percent pullback and the last thing that i want to be doing when spy starts heading down is thinking that a five percent dip is the dip to go higher um so i really think that you know i mean i'm playing the specs you know i got a good amount of amci i got a good amount of ipoc i got a good amount of ghiv you know i've been looking at that gix gix um but 
that being said, I, you know, I, I wish that I put my entire account in IPOC, but, um, but I'm still being cautious because I do think that we're seeing kind of like the tech bubble where, you know, anything that was in tech was just running or weed stocks in 2016, 2017, or the blockchain stocks in 2017, 2018. You know, I mean, it, it just seems so easy. Anything that has the name blockchain attached to it or weed attached to it or tech in the dot-com bubble is running crazy. But the second that that stops and the trend changes, you know, if you are that person that is throwing everything into anything that's a SPAC, you know, just know that when the, you start to feel the trend change, get out, take your money and run. Party close to the door. Uh, you know, whenever the cops yeah. get there, be, be ready <laughs> I love to that. trip. Yeah. I like that. Um, I love that a lot. Yeah. But, but like you said, with uh, expecting Spy to eventually have that big pullback, it's kind of crazy to even imagine it. Just taking the dip it took in March, although I say dip, uh, I meant like crash uh, to 220, <laughs> you know, in March. And it's crazy to think about it even going there as it hits 370, you know? No, exactly. And, and that's the thing is that I still think that 400 is inside our near future. Um, but I think that. You know, we're going to continue to run, but I wouldn't be surprised if we went for the 400 and then we corrected maybe when, um, you know, when, maybe when we get closer to the transition of the White House, if we get closer to that and we see like kind of like a correction, maybe back to like the 350 range. And then for the next year and a half, again, just another move higher. Um, and then then after a year and a half, when interest rates rise and we really see the effects of Corona go away. I mean, think about this. The Fed is buying $120 billion worth of bonds every month right now. Like that's what that's what is keeping up the market right now. $120 billion a month. Um, so when they stop doing that, <laughs> I mean, it sounds simple, but but you know, most people don't take the time to understand what the Fed's doing. The Fed is anybody can borrow money for almost no percent. You know, the Fed's buying 120 billion in bonds. Um, when they stop doing that, that's when I think that we see a 40 percent correction. And again, the game is rigged because of the circuit halt downs. But I mean, we could see a trickle down for six, eight months. <clears throat> yeah, um, definitely something to think about and stay aware of as that time may approach. And, and that's definitely the thing is that you never know when it's going to happen. And that's what's so exciting. <laughs> All right. So to kind of end out this session, what are your three favorite SPACs going into the end of the year and quarter one, 2021? Yeah, so I mean, definitely with the merger date set for IPOC for the first or the vote, I should say, um, being inside the first week of January, it's going to be IPOC. But pretty soon, as we start to get closer to that 20 range, I'm going to start to scale out. And then that's when I'm going to start looking for dips more in AMCI. We're up a good percent in AMCI, but on any dip, I'm accumulating more AMCI. I'm just going to take the profit from IPOC, put it into a dip on AMCI and um, GHIV. GHIV, I mean, you know, GHIV had a good week too, but everyone was focused on IPOC and AMCI. Uh So, you know, GHIV is going to be that one where I think that, you know, I'm just going to start accumulating on any dip. And after all eyes move away from IPOC, after all eyes move away from AMCI, then I think GHIV is going to be that next IPOC kind of move. Yeah. And um, aside from that, are you playing mainly uh, commons? Are you playing any options on these? Not on these. Um, Because I I actually noticed a lot of people. Yeah, because I I remember Kenny actually mentioned, Kenny Powers and Atlas mentioned to me about IPOC calls whenever they were about like 80 cents. And uh, I actually, for $20 and, 
in March or February. And, and I just got up to a hundred percent on those and took some off, but playing a lot of these options on some of these or some of these calls that are a little further out is, um, seems to be safe in a lot of them. I know a lot of people might have gotten burned by the SPAQ, but, uh, you know, definitely yeah. something to maybe toss a little change in if, if you want to like, even if you're just dabbling in options, it's definitely a safer way to kind of learn what they do. No, it definitely is, especially because you have the that merger date. Um, you know, so we're expecting all the SPACs to run into that merger date or that merger vote. So no, it's definitely safer as far as like a timetable on the options. Um, just me personally, I was looking at like the implied vol on all of them and the vol was higher than what I would want to. And, you know, as we went over inside the options podcast a few episodes ago was that when there's a higher implied vol. A few vol, episodes ago, that was like 14 episodes <laughs> ago. <laughs> wow. Was it really that long ago? Yeah, it was Jeez. like four months. Wow. That's, I mean, I, I, I just feel like, it, I just feel like we've been going yeah. for four months. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, <laughs> So, well, okay. Well, yeah. So, I mean, basically when the vol is higher on them, um, that means that, you know, that your break even is higher. So that's why I don't really like to play anything with over a vol of 120. And that's just my personal preference. Um, but no, for sure. You know, if you're looking to like, you know, throw a few bucks into some options because they are cheap, the options are cheap because they're farther out. The options are cheap. So you can, you can buy 200 bucks worth and make six, $700 on it. Um, you know, but for me, I'm not buying 5,000 contracts of, yeah, uh, for sure of a SPAC, but yeah, no. So I really think that that would be the best option though, because they do have a timetable, which is beautiful. Yeah. Well, as, as we conclude, uh, our talk on SPACs, how about we talk about them with the guy who calls them all no further ado, no introduction necessary. The Mr. Zach Morris interview. Woo-woo. All right. And now, welcome to the show, Master Furu, Mr. Zach Morris. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I hope you guys had a wonderful Christmas. Hey, we did. Yeah, we are recording this the day after Christmas. Uh, you, you know, this might be a bigger day than Christmas itself. Today is Miss Dippity's 25th birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday. Yep, she had she had me uh she's turning one year younger than I am today. <laughs> wow. Uh, it's incredible how far science is. Wow, gone. it's amazing what money um, can buy. Oh <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. Well, now moving on from my mom to Zach's story. So I think, yeah, just how did how did you start trading? Like how did you get into it? Uh I mean, let's just hear hear from the jump. All right. So um, I was uh, working for a home builder and uh, we sold out our community. They moved me uh, about an hour and a half away from my house and uh, it was slow. So I started messing around with oil stocks. I lost money. And then I was, you know, I was like, how do you make money with this? I know there's people that do make money. So I went on Google, started researching, found stock twits, found out there's like, you know, community groups, paid chat rooms. So, uh, found stock twits. Uh, one of my first big trades, uh, was Jivo. It was on my birthday. Before I got into my barber shop, I put $6,000 into Jivo and then overnight it doubled. It was the day where they had to fly with Alaskan Airlines. And this is in like 2016, 2017? Uh, yeah, it was around four years ago, four or five years ago, uh, when I All first right. started. Yeah. Sorry. I forgot to mention that. 
So, yeah, so I got the taste of uh, making money with that. And then I found uh, also uh, there's chat rooms. Uh, one of the chat rooms I was in, there's one guy's name. I think, forgot. I think it was Breakouts. He was calling like three plays a day. With all the volume in the room, I was making like, you know, $1,500 every little scalp. So, you know, I was like, this is easy. And it was consistent for, you know, a few months. So I was at the point I saved up some money too. And I was like, oh, well, I guess I don't have to work anymore. I could just do this uh, every day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Most, uh, so, so you, you just decided to quit your job. You know, you had these, this steady little gain, but did you really have much idea what you were doing? No, no, but I thought, it, I thought it was that easy, you know, because I knew there was right, a yeah. bunch <laughs> of chat rooms out there and I, you know, I thought it was, it was that easy. And that's okay, why, that's okay, why okay. I always tell people, make sure you learn everything because what happens, you know, let's say one day I just stop throwing out calls and, you know, laid back you, um, you know, all these people, you gotta, you know, you gotta know how to play everything. Okay. Yeah. So that really anyone can quit calling any day, but on behalf of all of Fintwit, uh, please don't. Oh yeah. So, you know, that's why it's important to, uh, you know, know how to find your own plays and, uh, know how to play everything because, uh, you know, when it's dead, uh, in the penny world, you can make money, you know, in the mid cap, large cap world or, you know, vice versa. So that's what, that's, that's what helps me being so successful. So anyway, yeah, for sure. Um, I thought I knew stuff. I didn't know anything. And then, you know, I, I kind of started learning through trial and error. I met, uh, this guy Frush. He had a chat room, a free chat room. And then a bunch of us joined him and we ended up being partners and we made a sun trading dot net. Cam is, was an owner too. The thing with the paid chat room is you, you're focusing on getting users instead of like really focusing on making money. I wasn't really focusing on becoming better. I was just focusing on growing our base and, you know, those paid members, which, you know, who cares about that? The money's in the trading. So doing all that, I lost $60,000 too on JNO. I thought I was catching the bottom. And if I waited a little bit longer, I would have definitely caught the bottom. And it went from like $3 to like 24 bucks. And I think I bought around like five bucks and I got stopped at around like $4. So. Was that JNUG? Like that was probably a better learning experience for you. You were probably happy that happened in hindsight. Oh uh, yeah. No, everything, all my losses, all my bad times. Thank God. Like even before trading, I, I mean, uh, you know, I'll give you a little background. I have my GD. Um, I took a few college courses. I just never, you know, school doesn't teach you how to make money. It just, you know, it's just, but unless you're going to be, to me, school is important if you're going to be like a lawyer, nurse, something you could really give back to the community instead of just going for like art or liberal arts or, you know, business administration, all that. But uh, yeah, so I got my GED that I, you know, I worked for T-Mobile for like 10 years. You know, I was making like 60000 working uh, part time. And then I moved to Texas because uh, there's so much opportunity where I could purchase homes cheap and all that. And then I found out how much the home builders, the sales work for the home builders were making. And they were making like, you know, uh, easily like 150, 200. So that I kept applying every morning. Wow. I kept applying every morning. I got a million no's till I got the right yes. And then, you know, my first year I was making over 200,000. Wow. So, you know, I mean, you, you seem like you've always been good at making money. I mean, you were making 60,000 at T-Mobile part time. Yeah. I was, I, I've always been a hustler. I've always been money hungry. Yeah, like I used to sell uh, freaking purses on eBay when I was 19. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> so yeah, I've, I've always it's real, of course, right? Uh, yeah, Most I've, yeah, I've always been hustling. Yeah. <laughs> so then the chat room thing didn't work with Cam because you know you're focused on getting members instead of uh, growing on your own business. Sorry, Cam. So I lost. You know, like I said, I was down to like my eight hundred dollars. Started working for a home builder again because you know it's gonna be. I was gonna lose everything. And I know, I know it sucks, but uh, Harvey was kind of like a blessing for me because it gave me, uh, my mortgage and my car note at the time, it gave me an extension for three months. So that kind of helped. And for anyone listening that doesn't know, uh, Harvey's a, a bad hurricane and that happened in Texas. Yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, so that gave me a, a little break there. And that new job was going to pay me commission for like three months because homes were still being built and all that. So then I just like, you know, I told my wife, I'm just going to refocus and, uh, you know, it's do or die. So then I, um, this one guy, Brad Mullins, uh, he was AC Slater. We both refocused, you know, we were talking, we we're like, Hey, this is what we're going to do. We're going to play the news plays every morning. And we just kept every morning. We would talk pre-market and see which headline hasn't gone yet. That has a lower float. And we would just play that every morning. And that 800 turned into 30,000 in 10 days. And, you know, the rest has been history. Wow. So was that was that your big, like, aha moment, the moment you figured it out? Or was that still like, I still got a lot to learn? Or were you a lot more confident this time in, in what you did? Um, you know, it was it was an aha moment, but I, it was still like, you know, I was still, uh, I was on the right track. You know, I got, I refocused and I, that's when I got right. on the right okay. track to success. So then I, we just started uh, paying attention to strategies that really work, you know, catalysts that work. So the thing the thing is that's important is to know uh, to have a bunch of strategies, because sometimes those strategies won't work. You know, they go in cycles like, you know, like you see these uh, pen plays like they hardly ever run. Sometimes they'll end up running like crazy or like, you know, these uh, these bio run ups. Sometimes they'll work, you know, sometimes they won't. So you got to know which which runups will work, which won't, and uh, things like that. Yeah, I feel like just just as recent as like the August and September where a lot of people had trouble and you even took a break from making calls just because of the way the market was. And so many people that knew how to play different styles were fine, but a lot of people that just stuck with those pennies had massive downsides. Well, yeah, and also I was also having a difficult time uh, with my, you know, because I, you know, my followers grew like crazy. In March, I remember in March we were cel- I was celebrating a uh, ten thousand followers, and now I'm at one hundred sixty thousand followers. So, you know, <laughs> and also I, I understand that if I call something, you know, everybody and their mom is going to buy. That's why you know I try to call something that's fit, like you know uh, at the bottom where you know we have a you know I'm about a hundred percent or more. So all these calls I'm I, before I didn't you know I just had a critique like my alerts to my following. That's why I kind of took a break because I couldn't, I couldn't alert pennies anymore. So, yeah, you know, I just had to find a new strategy that works for everybody. Kind of speaking on that, you know, since you don't, you know, really call pennies anymore, is that particularly why you've been calling more SPAC plays or is it because SPAC plays have been working so well? Well, the SPAC plays are working really well and that's, it's, and I feel like the SPAC plays are safe for everybody. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, that's why, like, I don't feel good. Like, you know, there's a bunch of ones that I like, but they're a little, like, too high right now. I'm not going to call those. I'll play those on my own, but 
unless like, you know, I find some, unless I see something where I, you know, when I call it, everybody can make money and that's going to give us tips and all that, then, you know, I, I feel comfortable calling that. Yeah, that makes sense. That definitely makes sense. And when SPACs, exactly. And, you know, that's when SPACs stop working, then we, we find something else. There's always something. There's always something that works. Yeah. And I think it's something, something good to touch on was actually, you know, you taught me about the personality of stocks. I'd never, ever really, you know, thought about that until you and I really started um, connecting. And I remember one of our first conversations, uh, you know, I, I asked you to look at a chart and you know what you did? You won't remember this, but at that time you had a different setup inside your office. You had like the three and three screens or whatever. And you sent me your screens and they were just level two. And you said, dude, bro, I've never used a chart. And I like, I, I like ran out of my room and I was like, mom, like this guy is crazy. And that's when I was like, okay, like I'm missing a key part here. And, um, and for anyone that watched the podcast, the personality episode, uh, you know, I mean, most of that came from, uh, what Mr. Zach Morris has taught, you know, Atlas and really the community about learning the personality of stocks. I mean, you could look at the daily and kind of like, you know, you know, I, I like sometimes now I'll look at the daily and, you know, just so I, I can see where I'm going. But I, I play these stocks so much. And, you know, if you know, you know, they, it's a rotation. They all go on rotation. And that's why it's easy to learn the, the personalities of the stock. That's why when there's somebody's like, oh, blah, 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 this is going. I'm like, OK, yeah, this is probably going to go over one or or has similar or has similar like, you know, flow and market cap news like uh, different like another stock that's running the pack. So that's, you know, you just got to pay attention to flows and things like like that. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Yeah, it really is one of those things you, you just get accustomed to over time. Oh, and then uh, here's another thing I want to touch on too, because you know, I, I like to go heavy in trades and the ones that I go heavy in, like I scalp all day. I play large caps all day and I scalp uh, and all that. But the ones I go public with, you know, I'm not going to go public with something that's going to, you know, people are going to lose money. That's never my intention. So I always try to find something that's safe and if I know something like IPOC is going to go to like 20, 30 bucks, why wouldn't I load the shit out of it? Of course, that shit's going to go. I'm going to load the crap out of it. That's why I load the safe ones. That doesn't, don't go, don't go heavy on the ones, you know, that you go in and you, cr- and you cross your fingers. Doesn't work that way. Just go on the ones that you know are going to go. You mentioned how you, you do like huge scalps every day. I was going to save this for later, but I mean, we're already touching on it. Uh, I was going to ask, is this just reading the chart? But now I know that you're not much of the chart guy as everyone else. How how are you doing these massive scalps every day? Well, I, well, I'm a I'm a momentum guy. So like yeah. you know, I sit in uh and I, I sit and wait for news. You know, I listen to Benzinga Charlie. Uh, you know, I'll use uh you know scans, whatever, all that uh, the fly, and I just wait for news. If something bad comes out, like on. Um, on a freaking grub or something like that. Like, uh, or like, let's say there's good news about Amazon and it's fire stick. I know right away, I got to go short Roku, you know, because I know that's what you got to do. That's, you know, that's their competition. Right. So yeah. I, I, I just, that's why I, I'd say it's so important. You got to know how to play everything is because I know how to jump to like anything. Yeah. And make money. Well, that's awesome. When it comes to stocks, I don't play futures. <laughs> and that stuff. Shit. Okay. Well, circling back. So you hit that. 30,000, you're with Mullins. Uh, can you kind of touch on what time this is and then how that transitioned into like this huge year that has been 2020? Well, this was like two years ago. And like I said, I just never stopped growing. I just, uh, and then I always used to see Nathan McLeod, like, you know, investors on the ground 
Investors Live, and then Awesome Calls AJ. So I joined their rooms, and you know they they helped uh, me become a better mid cap and large cap trader too. Like Nathan with level two, because I, I always watched level two, but uh, I knew what, like, I know what I see, but I didn't know how to, you know, explain what I see. And, you know, Nathan's very good at that. And then uh, AJ is really good at predicting the move too. Like, oh yeah, that's a, and another thing with me going heavy in stocks. Like you got, if you guys watch these stocks all day, like especially the ones that run crazy, you guys see the BS games that go before that, how they'll dip it. And then, you know, they'll shake everybody out. So before I go heavy in a trade like that, as long as I'm in low, I just go in and I leave it alone because I know those bullshit games it's going to play all day. So I'm just, I just leave it in there. And then at the end, you know, I take my money. And yeah, some of them might not work. Like the ones that sometimes don't work is if the, the theme ones, like, you know, if the theme dies, I mean, the theme dies. We're not, I'm not going to like keep continue calling something just so, you know, we could get out. We take our loss and whatever, we move on. Yeah, I think I think that's one thing that a lot of people fall victim to in the the whole like pumping market is is a lot of these people will just call it to get out uh, when there are so many rooms and that I think that's one of the most important parts is like finding the right one yeah uh, which is I kind of think <clears throat> how Atlas started with uh, you know you PJ and and the boys yeah and, and how yeah how we started that is Cam started his own room. And then he was talking about maybe going paid. And then we we're like, all right, dude, we're just going to we're, we're you know, we're tired of this. So we're, we just went to uh, we made our own chat room atlas and, you know, just brought everybody who we thought was good there and just made it our own. So I think transitioning more into 2020, uh, how did you exactly capitalize so well in 2020? I mean, like everyone could have taken Twitter calls, but. You were the Twitter calls. Uh, I, you know, I always just stay with the trend. You know, I stay with Todd. Like this, this year it's been Spocks. Uh, and I mean, the market's been running like crazy too. So you, when the market's high, you, you know, you got to fucking take advantage of yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, and, and so many sectors run together in this, especially with coronavirus. So many were so hot, even because it, it just provided so much different sectors to have the av- availability to be hot. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I think I think a question that we get asked a lot and and I think everyone will want to know your thoughts on it. Do you think that this kind of market is the new normal or do you think that we're going to get to a certain point to where, you know, things aren't running as much as they as much as they do because that I think that that's really the question that we get asked the most is it, even though this isn't a normal market, when the market dies down, will there still be stuff running crazy like SPACs and, you know, and like the way that, uh, you know, FCL has ran, you know, and, and all the different runners? Okay. So, I, yeah, a lot of old school traders tell me that uh, they think it's it's a bubble and it's going to end. Um, I hope it doesn't. Uh, I don't, you know, I think it's going to get bigger because of all the technology we have now and now the word of mouth. Uh, you know, I feel like Corona is really like, you know, since people are home, they really people know that there's a crap load of money to be made. And it's, you know, it's a good time. We have social media. There's all that. I think it's just going to continue growing. And I mean, where else can you make money this quick? Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel in with so much new volume with commission free trading and now everyone discovering it. And like you said, the social media and the spread of it. I mean, it's honestly hard to imagine it's slowing down. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't believe it is at all. 
Uh, like I said, you just we just got to stay on top of the trends. Yes. Like one sec, one sector will die, but there's going to be a whole new one, and other ones come back. Like everybody thought Bitcoin was dead, that it was a scam, and it's now look at it, it's all time highs. You know, there's there's always there's always something. Yeah, exactly. Uh, th- there always is going to be something. I think that's what a lot of the the newer guys are going to start to realize, and then it's just how you adjust to it. Could you kind of explain how your Twitter started and then kind of touch on the best ways to take advantage of your Twitter? Because a lot of people may see it and just be like, all this guy does is post GIFs. Um, but <laughs> there are clearly enough people that say, that swear by your name. So uh, could you kind of touch on that a little bit? All right. So yeah, the, my Twitter, you know, I made Zach Morris as a joke. He's always a cool guy. Uh, and then uh, there's so many gifts for him. So I used to post gifts uh, like regular Zach Morris gifts and, you know, everybody loved it. And then Zach Attack, whenever one of my plays would run over 100 percent, I would say Zach Attack motherfuckers and everybody loved it. And, uh, yeah, it just continued growing and growing. And a lot of people think that it's the real Zach Morris. <laughs> yeah, he's, so come a long way from, he's come a long way from Bayside. Uh, I know this is probably a simple question, but what do you think is the best way to take advantage of your Twitter? Okay. Um, I'm, I've been, I know a lot of people love the gifts and, you know, I've been trying to do less gifts because people are missing the alerts. I mean, do not, gifts do not mean to buy. We're just celebrating the run. Gifts do not mean to sell either. I'll tell you guys, if, if I think like, you know, like for instance, like Fubo, I just felt like everybody's going to attack it now. So that's why I told everybody to put their stop loss on. You know, we've had a great run. From like nine dollars to like you know sixty bucks, sixty. Yeah. You know we we we're, you know highs get slaughtered. So you know let's 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 be smart. You gotta always you gotta think like a short too. Sometimes you know you're gonna be like you know is this a good price to short? Yeah, I think it's time to short it right now. So you know if Fubu if they didn't attack it, I think it still had momentum to you know maybe see seventies, maybe even a hundred on you know on, on stupid volume could still happen. You know, Roku kind of had the same similar situation when uh when that thing first started going. Yeah, that yeah, Fubu, that was ridiculous. So w- when you alert a stock and you say, "Okay, I'm buying this," or "I'm accumulating a position," if you were on the other side of the Twitter notification, would you buy right then, or how would you kind of play your calls? Okay, I, I mean, I, w- I would look. I mean, this is what I would do. I would look how much is it up today. Okay, it's not up that much. I'll buy it. if it's up too much. Uh, and I want to be part of it, maybe just buy like a thousand. I mean, you know, whatever. Let's say I normally buy 50,000 shares. Maybe I'll buy 5,000 shares or 10,000 shares, uh, just so I'm in it. Okay. And I don't forget about it. And then, and then once it, because if you guys notice, I mean, there's always that initial pop. Yeah. And then it dips. Just wait for, just wait for that dip, you know? But, you know, unless, unless it's like, unless it's like a news headline or, you know, we're playing with something momentum, but, if you're if you're call if you're playing my Twitter plays, just play the swings like these. They're the safest. You make the most. You just have you just need some patience. That's all. So make that first little buy if it's up already. Then wait for the dip, and that's when you could like really add heavy. Yeah. And see, my thing with adding heavy, you know, uh, like IPOC, I have over you know my with the Weeble and TD, I have over two hundred sixty thousand shares. Wow. Here's my mentality with going heavy. Every dollar is two hundred sixty thousand dollars in my pocket. <laughs> So that's, that's why I like going heavy because like it's, I don't have to, I like working less. I, lo- I don't like being by my computer all day. I like spending time with Charlie and my wife. Uh, also, 
you know, I wouldn't be here without my wife or Charlie because, you know, they, she always believed in me. Even when I was like, all right, I'm done. Oh, we're going to lose it all. She's like, you're right. Go back, go back up and make that money. <laughs> so, so, so really what you're saying is that your wife is the real mastermind behind Zach Morris. She's the reason that we have the Zach Morris. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause she could have been like otherwise where she's like, Oh, you got to stop trading right now. Like, you know, uh, uh, you're going to lose it all. She was never like that. She always believed in me. Wow. wow. Yeah. It's always nice to have that support system for sure. When you're trading something that can be so like treacherous during the beginning when it can always feel like you can lose it all. Yeah. And, and you know, like, Oh yeah. One of my biggest thing and I haven't touched it at all is emotion. What helps me big time is, you know, I, I have no emotions with trading. Like, you know, sometimes like, uh, I've, I've, I've been down like a hundred thousand dollars on a trade and then I've, I've gotten out with $300,000 in profit is because I know what I got myself into. Wow. That's incredible. So is conviction a big part of your trading, you know, having conviction throughout yeah. a trade, like even when you're down? Yeah. 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 I mean, if I'm not going to go in heavy in something, I'm like, you know, just cause I, like, you know, I have to be really positive and sometimes I might not get, you know, the price. Like, you know, I might have not caught the bottom, which that's fine. But as I know, it's going to go back up. Okay. Yeah. And then you he, you also have the added on pressure of you called it, you're in it. Not only are you down money, but you have everyone bitching at you that they're down money as well. I can't imagine. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like. I know, but in the end, I'm right. And that's why, like, now I don't I don't really let people get to me. It's just I'm going to rewrite it in the end and you're going to be happy. Just shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. uh, before we get into a final question, um, is there any trading memory that you look back on as your favorite or fondest? And it doesn't necessarily have to be your biggest win. Um, if it's meeting me, you can just say it. <laughs> Dan, hey, I'm right here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, you know, what got me, you know, pretty popular, too, is when I shorted uh, HMNY with TradeNet. They did a reverse split, and then I shorted it every day um, for a week, and I made $250. Wow. That was, like, my first, like... Nice. And back then, it was like, holy shit, this dude made 250000 in one week. Yeah, I mean, it's still like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, now it's, like, every hour, though. I mean, you've just upped the ante, like, too much. I mean, it's not really fair. Like, if you ever quit, everyone be like, yeah, good trade. And then, like, there was this guy who pretended to be a guy off of Saved by the Bell, and he fucking did this five times as well. I know, and everybody, like, you know, they're like, why don't you you share your face? I don't don't want the fame. I don't care about, like, you know, the fame. Like, it's not like I'm hiding anything. I'm just like, you know, I don't. I, I like tra- trading's more than enough reward for me and like, you know, helping everybody out. Like maybe one, one day I'm sure, like, you know, I'm sure we're going to do hangouts in like Vegas and all that shit. But like, you know, it's not like, I just, you know, Zach, people like Zach more than me. So. <laughs> yeah. So I think that, that, that you brought up a really good point. Um, it, a lot of people ask, why don't you, because you could make, you know, I mean, you could probably charge a thousand dollars a week, and I'm sure you'd have a hundred thousand people lining at the door. Do you, why do you do all of this for free? Because I make all this money in trading. Why, why would I want to deal with a hundred, with like you know, a hundred yeah. people? So it's just out of goodness. It makes no sense. I rather just yeah, it's out of goodness. I don't like you know. I don't. I don't like. Listen, I'm not. I don't think paid rooms are bad unless it's like some BS penny room where you're paying somebody to front load you, which is stupid. You know, if, the, if these, like, you know, like, uh, 
Uh, like I said, investors on the ground, uh, awesome calls, incredible trade. I love stocks. You know, those people actually take time to teach you. So basically anyone except warrior trading. Yeah, warrior trading. Yeah, all, all those uh, all yeah, those scams. Tim Sykes, all of them. I, yeah, yeah. I, think, I think that's uh, what he says is a good point. Like with the I make all this money trading, like I don't need the paid room. I There's this video of a furu. He, he's in an interview and he, and the guy asked him, if you're making all this money trading, why do you need to charge a thousand dollars per person? And, uh, I think that's a good point. Cause that guy didn't have an answer for it. Yeah. Why, why would I? Yeah. I mean, you, I mean, what, what's an extra thousand dollars to you? Like you donate I, that, you just donate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If anything, I donate. You got like, what's the, I got to donate money. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. So last, last question. Uh, what is in 2021? For Zach Morris, Master Food. Man, I don't even know. I don't even know. You know, 2020 was ridiculous. Like, ridiculous isn't even the word. I don't even know. I still don't even know how I got here. This doesn't even feel like we're like. I think I think 2020 has made us all better traders and, you know, all better people. I think 2021 is going to be really profitable for everybody. I love that. I love that. Last question. Mr. Zach Morris, do you have a favorite podcast? Uh, yeah, it's this one. And he's gone and raw. Y'all heard it here first. Yeah, and I and I just wanna I just wanna thank uh, you know the Atlas family, you know uh, Bearfucker, Incredible Bob Ethel. Um, she's super awesome. Uh, you know Kenny Powers. I love Kenny. Jimmy Turbo, Hamid, Moose. Oh, you know everybody. Brady. Yeah, PJ. He's a nice guy. Uh, <laughs> He, he's a he's a good mod, uh, you know, Mr. Prez, everybody, Ultra uh, Ultra Calls, he's, he's been a great bud, too, and uh, Ricky Bobby, Ricky Bobby, too, um, he's actually been one of my, like, best buddies, uh, me, him, and Hamid uh, used to, you know, just uh, trade together for a little while, and, and uh, yeah, didn't he's a you good buddy, and, uh, too. Didn't you and Mr., what was it, Gecko, didn't you guys grow up in, on, like, the same, like, near each other? Oh, oh no, oh, no, yeah, no, Gordon Gecko and I, yeah, we used to hang out when uh, we were younger. We didn't even know it. And one day, <laughs> and you know, we, like, I went on Atlas Boys, like, we talked and everything. I didn't, we didn't, I didn't even know wow. it was him. And then he messages me on Facebook and he's like, wait a second, are, are you, are you Zach Morris? I'm like, yeah, we're like, oh, <laughs> so, yeah. That's so cool. Wow. What a small world this community really has. Well, we yeah. say it's a small world, but also Atlas could just be massive at this point. Uh, oh, yeah. It's crazy. people. Yeah, it's, it's crazy what it's become. Well, uh, thank you for spending time with us this Saturday morning. Uh, I've obviously got to go celebrate my mom's Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Um, what a woman. Yeah. Give her, a, give her a kiss on the lips from me. <laughs> every, I do every time. I give her one from me and one from you. <laughs> Uh, All right, thanks, dude. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank, thanks again, and we'll see you guys next week. Everyone have a great new year. Yeah, and huge shout-out to PJ for everything that he does for us in Atlas. Thanks, buddy. And I want to give a big thank you to all my followers. Thank you for those who've been following me since day one. And thank you for those that just started following me too. I'll continue to give you guys the best calls I can. Thank you so much, guys. All righty. Thanks, man. Thank you guys for listening to Penny's Go In and Raw interview with Zach Morris. It's taken us forever to finally get this together, and we hope you guys enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed making it. 
2021 is going to be big for us. We have some new shirts coming out. We are the number one stock market podcast in the universe. And uh, we'd like to show you guys out with some of our favorite moments from 2020. And before I leave you guys, I'd like to give a special shout out to PGIR listener Spencer. Uh, your girlfriend Lindsay said one thing you would love for Christmas is to hear your name on the greatest podcast in the world. So we hope you enjoyed your Christmas. Keep killing it in 2021. See you guys. Welcome to Penny's. All right, sh- shut the fuck up. <laughs> Today is Monday, July 13th. When the kids go down to bed on Friday yeah. night, you know, you want to go to the bar and role play like you guys have never met. But what the still- fuck? <laughs> I imagine she wants the underground pool and I give yeah. what Miss Tippity what she wants. Oh, I'm going to kill you. Hugh is single, ladies, if anyone's looking for a psycho. <laughs> I have a little spelling test for Hugh. Amateur. Oh, dude. Dude, I ain't no amateur. A-M-E-U-T-E-R. Wait, A-N-A-T-E-U-R. Wait. Yay! Yeah, no, no, you got it, you got it, you got it, you got it! Like, I know I'm not the stupidest fucking person listening. Did she say anything about me? Who, my mom? It's the year 2026. A meteor's crashed into Earth and destroyed most of civilization as we know it. Only you guys survive. Do you A. Chill and wait for the end. B. Find a way to use Hugh's feminine body to repopulate. C. <laughs> I love you, Miss Dippity. I love you. Mm. Whoa, dude. <laughs> stop. <laughs> All right, bye, guys. Oh, that sounded weird. Bye, you got. Bye, bye. Bye, bye. bye. Jesus Christ! That sounded good. That was a good goodbye.